This episode of the Pack It Up Pod, we light our torches and get ready for a Viking funeral. If you haven't already, hit subscribe on your podcast platform of choice and give us a follow on Instagram and Twitter at the Packers Pod and our website, PackersPodcast.com. Time running out in the first half. Rodgers is going deep for Valdez Scantling. And he's got it! Into the end zone! Touchdown, Packers! Marquez, Valdez, Scantling. Hey there, everybody. Welcome back to the Pack It Up Packers podcast. This is Ryan, joined as always by Josh and Dan. Hello, gents. Hello, boys. I come to you from the beach, sipping a Mai Tai, ready to relax and get a W this weekend. Wait, what? are... No? Is that that not how it's going to play out? We already had our bye week, man. We already had our bye week. I said relax and get a W this weekend. Mm. Yeah, start over. (laughs) (laughs) So we, after this week, we are officially, uh, I guess, kind of at the halfway point-ish uh, I don't think we expected, even after a big win in week one, to come into week eight with a Vikings team that is one and five. Big losses, the stinkiest of stinky losses in Indianapolis. Close losses to both Seattle and Tennessee with their lone win being the Texans. How are we feeling, first off, about this Viking team? Do they have any fight left in them? Or are they they just trying to cruise this one out? I I think they have fight left in them, and the only reason I say that is because of their offense. Um, they they still have talent and a lot of it, um, a lot of playmakers, especially if Dalvin Cook plays. Um, I mean Justin Jefferson's coming on. Irv Smith over the past two games, um, has gotten eight catches for 122 yards, so he's he's starting to heat up for them. And then they have Adam Thielen. So, I mean, those guys aren't going to give up. Justin Jefferson's brand new. Kirk Cousins, I think he wants it. You know, I think he wants to win. Um, But if he could ever stop throwing interceptions, I think this team would be okay. (laughs) They are a totally different team with Dalvin Cook. And I think the expectation with them coming out of the bye week is that he will be healthy for this game. And and we can do – we can do a whole segment on injury reports as as they currently stand. Uh, but, yeah, I, I think there's fight in these guys. What's interesting is I, I listened to a couple of Vikings podcasts to do some research this week, and it felt very familiar to listening to Texans podcasts where they were debating who they could trade, what they could get, what contracts are tradable, which ones are they're going to be stuck with for how much money, including and up to – Could we trade Kirk Cousins to the Cowboys was about a five minute segment on one of those. So it was really everyone but Thielen and Dalvin Cook. They were debating trading, not Justin Jefferson either. But, uh, you know, Josh, you bring up Irv Smith. uh, They're letting these guys get some time to show what they've got. So a guy like a Kyle Rudolph, who's, uh, you know, reaching the twilight of his career, they're essentially either going to trade him or play him a little bit less and less and probably dump him in the offseason. So they're at that point in the season they just lost to the falcons and really they were playing well until delvin cook got hurt and then the whole game turned within like a five minute stretch so yeah i think they still pose a threat but the way we played them in week one it's hard to have much of a concern 
because the only thing different is, in my mind, Justin Jefferson. Yeah, and that's the point I was going to make as we kind of start with this Vikings offense and our defense. I think my worry is while Kirk Cousins, for every touchdown he throws, is literally throwing an interception, uh, he has the ability to get hot for a game. And Adam Thielen has uh, Alexander's number. I mean, he really did beat him up in week one. In the past, he scored touchdowns over him. Uh, I do think that Jair versus Thielen is an awesome matchup, but it's usually gone in the Minnesota side. Jefferson is is hot right now. I mean, it's mm-hmm. unbelievable what he's doing. And when you look at big plays, so plays that he gets receptions of over 20 yards, he has 10 this season, which is just outstanding. I mean, yards after catch, he's at 184. Uh, and so while... Thielen's getting the touchdowns. It's Jefferson that's just cranking out these yards week in and week out, especially as time has gone on. I do worry that hopefully we have a little bit more pressure that we saw against the Texans because those few moments of Watson escaping, Cousins will not do that. But if Dalvin Cook could get going and if this receiving crew can just put it together for a game – uh, it sounds like they're going to hold King out uh, again this week with it being a short week before the 49ers. It does scare me a little bit. Yeah, having Josh Jackson on either Adam Thalen or Justin Jefferson scares me a little bit. He, he can keep up with them, but can he compete for the ball in the air without Wait, I don't think he can even keep up with them. I mean, against the the Texans, it was soft coverage to keep everything in front of them and and providing help. I I think you got to go with that same approach. Same same exact approach. Yep. I do think we have an advantage because I I still don't trust uh, this offensive line of the Vikings to keep Kirk Cousins upright. And if you remember at the home game last year, we got after Cousins in the first half. It was really, again, one of these second half come back and play strong that the Vikings made it a game. But Cousins, I believe in that first half, had both a fumble. He might have had two fumbles and an interception. So it's all about getting to him early. Frustrated Cousins is everything. I, I can't believe how fast uh, Vikings Nation has turned from thinking he's worth $66 million to how can we possibly get him off of our team. Uh, Dalvin Cook. I always think that for a runner like him, it's going to take a little bit of a wind-up to get him going. So this might work out well in terms of, yeah, I came off a bye, but I also don't think we've played a team this entire year that's won the week before. I feel like everybody is coming off of a loss or a bye every single time, but it'll be interesting. It'll be interesting to see. Their own line specifically is getting some help. So F line is coming back off of IR along with Troy die on the defense. He had some death to the linebacker position, but F line is going to come in as their right guard and take out Ezra Cleveland, who is in a rotation with a second guy, but he makes that position better. And I actually think 12 months ago, we were shitting on Garrett Bradbury and rightfully so, because Kenny Clark had his lunch, but he's a little better now. He's he's come into his own in the second year, and Elfline shores up the right guard position. So I, I think the line is going to be a little better coming out of the bye and getting healthier. I think it's on the Packers' defense to continue this blitzing that they've done. So in the first three games of the year, the Packers and Mike Pettin specifically blitzed 19% of the time. 
in the last three games, we're blitzing over 30% of the time now. So an additional 10%. And I think that's something we need to force the issue with here. I'm calling that we get at least two turnovers. And it's it's one of these games that we need to see it. We've been saying, where are the turn, turnovers? We need to force more, more turnovers. We've had success against this team doing it in the past. They've got strengths, but we need to expose the weaknesses. And that's honestly the quarterback. So let's get two turnovers this week. Yeah, it's going to be rough, especially without Kevin King. If we had Kevin King, I, I think I would be more confident in the turnover battle. Um, but it's, I, the safeties have to come up in this game. They're going to be given opportunities with Kirk Cousins. I think, Foose, you nail it on the nail on the head with our defensive line. We have to create the pressure, you know, with those blitz packages and scheming the Smith brothers open. Um, it helped so much last week, and they have to do it again this this week. Yeah, and if they keep sending Chandon Sullivan, they sent him eight times last week, he's got to stop whiffing at the quarterback yeah, for jumping on pump Pull fakes. Up. Oh, Pull my up. goodness. So let's talk about uh, our offense. I, I thought it was interesting because you're looking at this defense for the Vikings where uh, leading sack getter and tackle for loss, Yannick, bye-bye. And then I was kind of laughing. I'm like, man, they only, have, they only have three interceptions this year. And then I realized we had two. We it's like, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh, well, never mind about that. But the big news coming out for the Vikings, their secondary, which is is young and inexperienced, is now heavily injured. Where, hello, uh, Devontae Adams, ring that bell once again. How do we feel about getting going, assuming – that they might hold out Jones for this game. Yeah, it looks like Aaron Jones is getting held out, and we saw last week that shouldn't affect too much. It's it's really that secondary that we got to continue to attack. So I look for another big, big, big day from Devontae Adams. You know, I wrote down in my notes the the foursome of Cam Dantzler, rookie Mike Hughes, Holton Hill, and Jeff Gladney. We need to attack. I put attack in all capital letters. And then I get a text in the middle of the day from you guys that Holton Hill and Mike Hughes aren't practicing. And their other corner, Chris Boyd, was limited in practice. So this is a secondary that essentially what we saw against the Texans, specifically if they're going to try to press with Cam Dantzler, just go off, King. You know, have a day, Devontae. If if we're running the same offense we have all year, minus three quarters against the Buccaneers, I hesitate we're going to score 40 because I got a thing I want to bring up in a minute, but there's no reason we don't score 30. Yeah, uh, Lafleur. if you guys saw Rob Domofsky's uh, note on Lafleur, he, he was saying that he thinks that they're going to try to try to stop Adams and they're, they're going to have to use other oh, players within the think? offense. And I'm like, there's no stopping Adams this week with who they have personnel wise. I mean, they can try all they want, but I don't want our game plan to deviate from that man this week. Yeah. Um, you make it sound like it's the first team that's like, you know what we're going to do? We're going to try to stop their number one wide receiver. <laughs> yeah, but he, he made it seem like the uh, the offensive game plan was going to, you know, sort of go through others in his sure. statement. Um, but because because this linebacker crew, you know, this this team is beat up. Their secondary is absolute crap, honestly, um, right now. And we should succeed in the passing game. But their linebackers are still good. Um, and if they can slow down yep. our run, that does put us at a one dimensional option, which can get us in trouble. 
Um, so it'll be interesting to see if they can slow down our run. Um, with Jamal Williams a go, if he runs like last week and gets 70 yards, like that's that's an, that's honestly more than we need. So um, I, I hope he has another good game. Yeah, the, the strength of their defense is up the middle. You know, Eric Kendricks, Harrison Smith, Anthony Harris, the two safeties, they are the strength of the defense. So if you get just enough of a run defense, there's actually a lot of statistics out there that say in the modern day NFL, you don't actually have to establish the run even for play action to be effective. So just the idea that Jamal Adams is a respectable running back, I think, is enough to still put up points against these guys. This this D-line, you mentioned Yannick Ngakwe got traded to the Ravens. Daniil Hunter was added to the IR before week one and a bit of a surprise to everybody. And now it turns out this neck or spinal issue that he has actually required surgery. So he's out for the year. So that, that D-line is really just, just a hodgepodge group of guys at this point. So how how good are three linebackers behind, you know, a D line that should be movable? And I guess that's questionable on getting Bakhtiari back. How much, you know, <laughs> we're at full strength as well. But I mean, what are we concerned about going into this game? I mean, what's the storyline where the Vikings win this thing? Not, I mean, offense. They outscore us. It's an absolute shootout, and Kirk Cousins goes off, throws zero interceptions. I mean, that's how they win this game. Um, and, cue, and the, honestly, cue the laugh track at Kirk Cousins, yeah. <laughs> not turning the ball over. <laughs> but honestly, I think we find out a lot about our wide receivers this game. Like, if they don't show up in this game versus this secondary that is non-existent, Malik Taylor, Darius Shepard, EQ, um, even MVS. If yeah, MVS Robert. does not have a decent game, like, why are you on the team? Like, what is the point? Are you guys just running routes to show that Adams can get open still? Like, we need somebody else to show up in this game. Let me ask you to clarify. Do you expect any of them to show up in this game? No. Oof. Yeah. See, yeah. I was going to bring up the same point. I, I think that with this uh, lack of pressure, Rodgers is going to have time for plays to develop. I would hope that LaFleur seems the living bejesus out of this game. Um, and if you remember in a week one, MVS scored a touchdown. I, I agree with you, and I would include not only wide receivers, but receiving crew in general, and that's anybody on the field that's going to catch a pass because the last two games the Vikings have given up touchdowns to tight ends. So Bobby Tanyan, make a difference. But, yeah, maybe Lazard gets back, but I would I would assume most of his stuff is probably going to be these really, really short routes, quick goes, nothing special right out of bounds. Devante do, does his thing. MVS has to go long at least once. I wouldn't. I would be shocked if we don't get a 40-plus yard bomb to try to get MVS. That maybe it's in that mid-second quarter, mid-third quarter where they've kind of gone short, 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 and it's finally that hail mary play that that perfectly is schemed open. But I would expect more than anything, Aaron uh, Rodgers' numbers in terms of passing yards is going to be insane this game because I just have a hard time believing that we can't find people open because I can't believe I'm going to say this. I, I believe Turner, Bakhtiari, whoever, like we're going to be good. So uh, <laughs> it really, it really comes down to, it really comes down to can Aaron Rodgers get in that groove and not make a mistake and get off his game. If he gets in a groove, this game shouldn't even be close, but it's, it's like we'll you're see. reading my notes. Cause you led me into this one thing I wanted to point out perfectly. And it, it, it's, in a game I expect us to win, maybe by double digits. I haven't predicted my score yet. I'm going to let that fly off the top of my head. But 
the thing I'm going to be watching the most from our offense is I can boil it down into one word. But you even mentioned, let me clarify one thing. You mentioned Alan Lazard. For those that haven't followed the news, he's back at practice, not officially off the IR. And a lot of our guys seem to be practicing for two weeks before they're called off the IR. So I don't think we expect him to be activated, uh, but back at practice is a good sign. He's trending in the right direction, as I say. But So the thing I'm watching from the offense specifically this week is our success on third downs has been fantastic. We're actually averaging 10 Point three yards per attempt on third down, which is just insane. So we have the second best conversion rate in the NFL. What I want to see is not even getting to third down. You know, when you get the second and four, the second and five, second and six range, convert. And I don't think there's much from this defense that we should have 15 third down attempts. I'd like to see third down attempts below 10. And it's a really weird thing for me to be watching, but that's maybe in the wrong way. That's how confident I am that they should just take care of it. That's domination. I mean, what you're what you're measuring there is domination, right? <laughs> I, I think we should. I mean, we joked about the Vikings in Week One when everyone was healthy, and you know they still have playmakers on offense that we got to respect specifically without Kevin King out. But our pass rushers should be healthy. Our offense is putting up thirty plus points a game. I just don't. The only way we lose, like you guys said, Kirk Cousins in one o'clock games is not that bad. <laughs> one o'clock Eastern. <laughs> no, and I think that was the biggest difference is the one game that we kind of got embarrassed was uh, Tampa Bay. And I don't have it in front of you, but I have to believe that every third down was somewhere floating around seven or eight yards. Like it just was always, always, always behind the markers. And so, yeah, I mean, it's a team that is 14% better at third downs than last year. Like it's an insane amount that they're clipping at. Um, and so to go into a game and knowing that every other third down we're going to convert uh, is special. And so I, I really do think that it, it Lafleur has a chance to be the MVP of this game, because if we can get going like we did in Houston, um, I, I just I think we have the possibility to do some really big things against the Vikings and and really kind of put the nail in their coffin that that game ends and then a whole lot of trades happen because they're clearing yeah. house for next year. Hey, trades might be happening before we can even True. release this podcast. True. <laughs> it sounds like the Packers are chasing wide receivers, including mm-hmm. ones not named Seth Roberts, who they signed to the practice squad this week. It mm-hmm. feels like the expectation from this pod is he's not much of an impact maker, but I still say a guy that has least done it in the NFL. You know, if he can come in and give us two catches a game, it's more than what we're getting from some of these guys. Interesting that you bring up that we grab Roberts at wide receiver because somebody I want to talk about really briefly, James Burgess is a guy that kind of slipped under the radar for me, at least that we picked him up uh, as kind of this free agent signing from the Jets. Last year, he played only 10 games, but led the Jets in tackles. Which seems crazy to me that we could pick up a guy, and I I think that it goes back to what we talked about last episode. If he's just something, if he's a body that can tackle and does a better job than Ty Summers, mm-hmm. I'm feeling as though linebacker crew for this year we might be we might be good. And that if it is coming down to a trade, it's to a wide receiver or pass rush because you can never have too much of it. That I I really really like that pickup, and I don't think it's really been talked about as much as it probably should have that that honestly that is a really good pickup and and if he's your third or fourth linebacker i mean heck yeah 
I mean, you get to develop him a little bit, teach him some new things because he's not having to play and worry about his play as much. Um, yeah, it's a great pickup by the Packers to strengthen that inside group that we are slowly becoming a really good group. That's wild, isn't it? He'd be it our really fifth. Is. He'd be our fifth linebacker as it currently stands. Yeah. Oh, with Ty, uh, yeah. I, Kurt, I'm, Kurt. I'm I'm over. I'm ready to move yeah. on from Ty. I'm sorry, buddy. <laughs> I know, I know. We need that good old white boy in linebacker position, but I'm fine <laughs> moving on. I'm fine. Like only a thing that flies in the Midwest. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it, maybe we go get a role player. It sounds like yeah, we're at least. But, 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 let me throw this out there. <laughs> Remember, we used to not even get the rumors that we were working the phones. We yeah, Ron least, Wolf used to say, I am not doing anything. Yeah, we at least know <laughs> under Gutekunst that the Packers are making phone calls and exploring the trades. And it's, it's in our favor that they are conservative in these moments. So I am equally as frustrated as all of our listeners and subscribers when – the Seahawks can go and get um, Carlos Dunlap from the Bengals for a, a seventh of condition. And snacks. Yeah. it's How is it always the same teams that are able to pick up every free agent? Like, Do certain teams not actually have a salary cap and we're just not made aware of it? I don't know. It's frustrating. I get it. But as a Packer fan in the long term, know that they're working the phones. Know that whatever deal comes in is going to be equally good for us. And we didn't give away too much, right? I'm not going to say equally good for the other team, but we didn't give away too much in order to get some of that. So the Will Fuller rumor, I find it super sexy to go get a wide receiver that can make that kind of splash. Like Josh said, I don't expect it. But maybe there's news by the time this podcast is released. Before we get into score predictions, we have to cover the injury report a little bit, right? This this thing is a mess. What I do you normally, want to cover? How many people are on it or who's playing and who's not? I normally look at the Packer injury report to do some prep for the podcast and just jot down a couple big names. I just did a copy and paste for this week because the, the list is too long. I think it's 16 guys. Uh, did you know Mason Crosby hit the injury report? Yeah, this week? didn't participate today. Didn't participate. Left calf. And, and you know why calf. that's huge? Is we can't sign somebody and have him play because with COVID, COVID. you need to be um, tested for a certain amount of days. So if he's not good to go, J.K. Scott will literally be attempting to kick a football on the ground. Well, we have worked out like five kickers, so maybe we just have one stashed at a Motel 6 in Green Bay, and he's just ready to roll. <laughs> hey, Johnny, <laughs> you know your who, turn. You know who's also on the injury report? Hunter Bradley, our long snapper. I assume he's good to go, but shoot, if you're working on a backup long snapper, you might have some issues here, right? So those are – they're not minor names. Those are important names as well. But this injury report, Aaron Jones, Kevin King, the biggest names. Uh, maybe Bakhtiari's back. He was a limited participant on Wednesday here. But what's what, the reason I specifically want to bring this up is we have a quick turnaround. We play again on Thursday night against the 49ers, and – it's twofold. Maybe they're holding somebody out on Sunday because they have the quick turnaround in a primetime game that they want them ready for. But on the other side of the coin, they if a guy can't play on Sunday, how likely is it that they're able to play on Thursday? Yeah, it's going to be very, very interesting. And uh, I do think some of the injuries that we have are looking at it as 
if Minnesota is who we think they are, save it, get a four days extra rest because you know walk, they're, they're going to be no passes going to be walkthroughs next week and then bring them back for the 49ers and hope to pull something off on the West Coast. But yeah, and that's yeah. worked out for us pretty well so far. Mm-hmm. And even today I heard it was a like a fast walkthrough pace. They didn't even try a full practice because of this injury report. So they're already taking that approach heading into Minnesota. Good news is hey. we get 10 days after the Niners. True. Hey. So let's talk about predictions for week eight. Packers versus Vikings. All right, I'll start because I want to throw out this concept here. I, I've been pretty confident that we take care of the Vikings. I think in week one, we took care of them early, and then they snuck some points in late. I expect to kind of take care of them early again, and maybe they don't even sneak in points late. That would be ideal. But the reason I bring that up is I think the only reason we don't put up 40 against this defense is is because they have Thursday on the horizons. They know they got a quick turnaround. And I'm hoping, I'm knocking on wood, I'm praying that we could even see some backups late in the game, which is super rare. I know that. But I got Packers 34, not hitting 40 because of that, but Vikings 24 and hopefully less. Uh, But it's specifically that, you know, we show we're the dominant team, and then it's a little bit of coasting. It's a little bit of running the ball. It's keeping this clock running to get out of there somewhat healthy so we have a full team to field in my game of the year coming up next Thursday. MVP, we talked about him, Devontae. If you went to Vegas, you'd have to put like $10,000 down to return 50 bucks on him being MVP of this game. It, it feels too easy, so show up and get your money, Devontae. Mm, well, you picked my score, so I'm going to have to change my score. Smart man. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, the the Packers should handle this game. My And I think we get turnovers in this game, if not two, three. Um, they have to. We have to turn around this turnover battle. If we don't turn around the turnover battle going into the later part of this year, we will not go far in the playoffs. You have to have turnovers to win in the playoffs and normally win the Super Bowl. Um, that's the type of caliber team that you need to be, um, to win. Um, so putting on the defense again, but Packers coming in strong 34, 17. I don't think Aaron Rodgers has any issue this week finding open people. Um, it may, <clears throat> it may not, it may be all Devante. It may be spread around, uh, depending on the coverage they give us, but yeah, MVP, <sighs> I'm going to go Chris Barnes. I'm going to go Chris Barnes. So he's getting a turnover? He's getting the turnover. He's getting a forced fumble. Well, the shoulder. Well, yeah. Okay. Let's put a a, middle linebacker. Middle. (laughs) Shit. Hey, you like Kamal Kamal Martin just as much. Middle (laughs) linebacker makes a turnover. Make your call. Middle linebacker. Middle linebacker makes a turnover and causes a forced fumble with Kirk Cousins on a sack. Love it. Yeah, I similar to Dan, when you have 19 players on an <laughs> injury list, including positions that should not be on there, oh, man. I, I think the score is exactly the same as last week, 35-20. We go for it on fourth down a few times. We push the pace because we feel like we can take care of them on defense to the point where we don't even really need Mason Crosby uh as much as we think we need them or we just have them be like please just kick these extra points real quick 
but my MVP, you ready for this? I went Preston Smith, which, man, backfire. I'm going to do the same style, though. I'm doing MVS. <laughs> MVS is going to get a 50-plus yard touchdown this week. Wow, wow. Hey, and Preston didn't backfire. He played his best game probably of the year. I mean, yeah, they announced his name on the telecast. So I guess we're moving in the right direction. He had some pressure. My man, my issue with MVS is I see him on the same track as last year, where the first couple games you're like, oh, do we have something? And then, and then the defenses just, figure him out. Ugh, he cannot yeah. adjust to a ball. He's going to he's going to get at least one deep throw. And if he T-Rex arms it and it's done, then it – goodbye. Yeah, his season's done. Remove him from your, your, your mind. Uh, he's still a weapon you got to have in the field. I just would love him to be our third or fourth. I mean, get back Lazard and make a trade for some dude. Insert dude here. Yeah. But let's hope he uh, shows out this week. That would be fantastic. Which also we have a bet on this podcast, uh, $20, that I believe that they are going to make a trade in the next week. Uh, I am the only one of this podcast that took that bet. <laughs> so I was going to say, he's making that bet with himself because this is the first time I've heard of it. So with that, I hope that we can officially bury Vikings. But until next time, thanks, everybody. Go Pack Go. Go Pack Go.